Well, look, the first question I always ask everyone at the beginning is where are you right now and what are you wearing so we can picture you in our mind? God, you really want to know? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to be honest. Someone was once nude and they were honest. I am at my office and I am wearing sports gear because I'm ready to go to the gym after this. That's actually not too bad. Could could be worse, right? Hi, I'm Katrina Blowers, and you're listening to Claiming Your Confidence, conversations where we pull back the curtain on what it takes to live your most confident life. I'm a journalist and TV newsreader, and of all the people I've interviewed over the years, I can tell you confidence isn't something any one of them was born with. So what separates those who refuse to let that self-doubt hold them back? Let's find out. I have to confess, I kind of insta-stalked today's guest, Melbourne writer Daniel Chidiak, after a quote from one of his books popped up on my feed and it just resonated with me so much, I then slid into his DMs. It's a bit creepy, right? (laughs) But his books, Who Says You Can't, You Do, and more recently, The Modern Breakup, have that kind of universal resonance with life advice that really draws people in. And they're now, unsurprisingly, bestsellers in more than eight different countries. We all go through something really similar when, you know, we go through heartbreak or when things don't work out. Success wasn't always a given for Daniel. He had to learn the hard way early on and there were drugs and a business failure. Yeah, lost all that and found myself in debt and I crashed really, really hard. In this episode, we chat about navigating modern breakups and his secrets to manifesting the huge success and the confidence he now enjoys. He has an incredible technique that just blew my mind. Whatever it is, you are literally creating your life in every moment with your mind. Also, a quick apology. I didn't plug my microphone in properly, so I sound like I'm down a drain. Please forgive the audio on my end for this one. So here is the fascinating Daniel Chidiak on claiming his confidence. There's not much out in the world about you. You are a man of mystery. How have you done this in the world of the modern worlds of Google and internet? Have you paid someone to shut it yeah. all down? No, I've just been really careful with what I put out there, I guess. I just keep my private life private. Um, and as far as my age and stuff goes, like that's not out there as well. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm 33. There's, there's no like real big secret about it, but um, I've kept that away because when I first started writing, I was in the self-help space a little bit more. As you know now, I've uh, my, my work's um, fiction, so I've got characters and stuff in my books. But at the start, it was me narrating through my writing, and I found that people judged you a lot with your age. So I was like, you know, targeting a different audience and spoke to publishers and stuff, and they're like, you know what, we don't need to have it in there. So there was this sort of, um, you know, this this strategy sometimes to what you do and the way you release things and the timing and stuff like that. So, yeah, things like that, um, they were purposely done. Yeah, which is so smart to have that vision and that strategy right at the beginning because now you're in control and you can drip feed that information out there, you know, with whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, I just didn't think it was important. Like if I was targeting the youth and stuff, like that, I started writing when I was 23. So, so you know, that's, um, that's pretty young. 
like for for people that are in their forties or something to listen to this <laughs> young kid talking about. Yeah. So, um, but you know, they did and whatever. And if people asked me, I would I would tell them information that I felt comfortable with. But other than that, yeah. I'm I'm absolutely fascinated to hear your story because I've read both of your books and loved both of them. Uh, so the first one I began with actually was The Modern Breakup, which was your most recent one and, and a work of fiction, although I love how you actually are getting all of these wisdom bombs and it's kind of like um, like a stealthy way of, of, yeah, of getting yeah. people, you know, to, to wake up and pay attention. And I highlighted so much in that book. I really loved it. So congratulations. Oh, thanks so much. I'm sure like the self-help sort of part came into it a little bit. I probably couldn't help myself, even though I wanted to just like write a story. Um, but yeah, so you picked up on that, which was good. Yeah, and the other one, of course, is um, who says you can't, you do. And because I didn't know your age, I wasn't aware that you were so young when you wrote it. But it is obvious that you had widely read in that genre and um, you had also gone through the school of life. Uh, Talk to us about your background and how you got to be so wise in that space and the the journey that um, took you to writing that first book. Um, I'd say, yeah, wisdom comes through mistakes. So <laughs> I definitely made a lot of those in my life. Um, but I started, so I went to university and I was studying commerce there. And I guess I did that because I thought it would make my parents happy, number one. Number two, I didn't have a clue um, how much power I had in my own life. So I guess for me, it was uh, an outlet of security or so I thought. Um and, you know, you speak to people who sometimes work, work for corporate companies and stuff and they get laid off so much and then like, that's not really secure either. So I think security is within yourself. And I started to learn that, like I had a lot of older friends and I would see stuff like that. So it really made me question the system, I guess. And not that it's bad for everybody, but it just like wasn't for me. And I remember I was in a lecture room one day and there was about 300 other students in there or thereabouts. And um, there was a guy speaking, uh, he was from Pricewaterhouse in Cooper, I think. And he was like in his 50s or whatever, and he's talking about, you know, how much he makes and his salary and, you know, he's still working for a company and his boss sends him overseas and and blah, blah, blah. And I was just, and everyone's like looking around and they were wide eyed, like a rabbit with headlights, like, oh, wow, you know. And it's like, it might sound, I don't know if it's going to come across as egotistical, but it just wasn't for me. I was just thinking, man, like I want to be making that in a month, you know. I want to be, um, I want to be achieving. Like I don't even want a boss, you know. Like this is not for me. And it was there was no hatred or, or bad vibes for anyone else, but it definitely wasn't for me. And I just literally packed. I did not know what I wanted to do. It was so crazy of me at the time. I literally closed my books in the lecture room, and I walked out, and I never went back. And I remember wow. I came home, and I remember I came home to my parents, and I was living with them at the time. I was like, I don't know what I was. 18, I think, 18. It was the first semester of university. And uh, they're like, don't you have uni? And I'm like, oh, no, I've left. And they're like, oh, what, what time did you finish? And I'm like, no, nah, I left. I'm not going back. <laughs> and they're like, like they, they think I left. They think I finished for the day, you know? And it was, it was a hard conversation, that's for sure. My dad definitely wasn't happy about it. Um, my was your dad was pretty like, traditional? Like, I wanted you to follow is, a traditional Yeah, path. yeah. Look, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, my dad's had businesses and stuff like that, but he was definitely one to 
to push me towards schooling and to at least get a degree. He's like, you know, you need that piece of paper. And he did that because he loves me. And and that's where kids get it wrong sometimes. You know, they're like, oh, my parents are forcing me to do things and they're only doing it because they love you and they want the best for you. They might not know exactly what's right for you, but it's only coming from love. Um, and and I, I, you know, it was hard to understand at the time, but I was so set in my mind. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going back. And my mum is sort of a little bit more uh, trusting, I guess, in, in, my, in, in me, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do. She's like, oh, he'll work it out. He'll work it out. It's all good. So, you know, I have both those dynamics and I think they're both important as well because the dad thing is like the, the discipline, you know, with, with what he taught me. It was like, he'd always say to me, get back on the horse. He, my dad loved riding horses ever since he was young. And that was one of his analogies, you know, get back on the horse, get back, even if you're falling off, you hold on or you get back on. I should always remember that in footy he used to do that to me as well. But um, yeah, that was a hard conversation. So I left. And had all these crazy different jobs. I mean, I like, I don't even, I just like delivered pizzas, but he had a marketing job and all that. And then I was 21 and I went to Europe with my brother and we came across his clothing brand, which was in Italy. And we absolutely loved the clothes. We bought some back and we showed all our friends and we had other brands and stuff. And everyone gravitated towards this brand. Um, and it was called Brace Steve Allen. They don't even exist anymore. But, and he was, and everyone was gravitating. We're like, well, they didn't even have these clothes here. So we, this is so crazy. We went to the bank. We did this big business plan. We called them up, um, the company overseas. And they're like, no, we didn't have a distributor for Australia. So we went to the bank. We got like $70,000 unsecured. I don't know how they gave it to us. I don't, oh, think, wow. you'd, I don't think you'd ever, that, that was just from a business plan. So yeah, we'd sit in my brother's room and I'll be sitting against his bed. He'd be sitting in bed. We'd be writing notes of how we're going to do this. And, so, you know, like we sort of, we, we wanted it, you know, we wanted success and, and, and stuff like that, but we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, and yeah, so they gave us 70 grand and the business didn't do well. So it ran for about two and a half years, but we just did so much wrong. The clothes were too expensive to buy. The, by the time we marked them up here, they were like the jeans, they were made in Italy. So they were going to be like 450 bucks each. The market just was too small and we didn't know what we were doing anyway. That was a good experience. I went back and back and forth to Europe, I think four or five times by the age of 22. Um, and yeah, I found myself in debt. So I was like, I think I had like $40,000 debt at that age, you know, and plus the money that I put in, which was money that I worked and saved up and whatever. I even sold my jet ski to invest money in it. So oh, I, no, I knew, not the jet ski. Yeah, I know my brother, like, you know what, we gotta do what we gotta do. And and you hear all these things, you know, like this online and you read books and you gotta do what you gotta do. And I think there's a lot of misleading information out there as well. Like sometimes you do, but people are like, I gotta take a risk. You know, I gotta invest all my money into this thing because if you take a risk, that's what life is and you believe in it and then it doesn't work. You gotta be smart too. You gotta have common sense. Um so yeah, lost all that and found myself in debt and I crashed really, really hard. I was just, yeah, um, experimenting with different things and abusing my body and I it was just lost. I was completely lost. It crashed me and uh, something came over me during this time. I really, really found myself and it was at 23 and that's when I first started writing. So I, I just started writing to express my thoughts and my emotions. Uh, I'd never thought about writing a book. That didn't come into my mind until about a year and a half later. So I was just writing just so raw and so real and so open and so honest because it was just for me. And then I, I shared some with a girlfriend of mine at the time and she's like, 
you have to share this. You got to share this stuff on Facebook. So that was when Facebook was sort of the big thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, started sharing it on Facebook and I started this page and I had, I was pretty fearful of doing it as well because I was obviously a young guy. I thought I was a bit macho. I was a bit tough. So you got this ego as a young guy and you're like, what are people going to think about me? You know, writing about love and all these things that are, that I'm, you know, working out in my life. And I worked them out through, you know, I, I remember I watched the secret and a lot of people think, you know, the secret is something that's, a bit, you know, uh, airy fairy, and it can be because there's a lot more to it. You, you're aware of the secret, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, it might only be part of the story because it's obviously action and stuff. But I can tell you now, I don't. I've never met a successful person in my life or someone who's great at what they do that doesn't know that knowledge. So, mm. and I and I remember I said that to someone actually. I was in New York doing book signing, and someone said, "You know, is there something that successful people?" And I said like they all know and great achievers and I said they all know that their thoughts create most of their life and I say most because you know there's obviously things that um that we can't control but I mean you know if you wake up every day and you're thinking about what you're going to do and you do it you've created that because you had so many options to bring things into reality you could have gone and washed your car you could have you know gone to the movies you could have gone to work you could sit behind your laptop and do right like whatever it is you are literally creating your life in every moment with your mind so one of, one of the things that I've implemented from, from your book, which I hadn't had in my morning routine, you know, I, had, I, I was trying to be taking moments throughout the day to be grateful and to show gratitude, but the way that you um, write about it, it's much more structured and it has been a bit of a game changer and that's the importance of appreciation and to sit down and actually write a list of all the things that you have immense appreciation for not just external things but internal things and to sit and take some time every morning and to really lean into that feeling of appreciation it's a bit of a game changer I think how has it changed your life um yeah it's definitely changed my life and which I was going to ask as you know you said about all which I was going to tell you because you your podcast is about confidence I think gratitude is the number one way to have confidence because when we're when we're in a state of appreciation and we uh, can sit there and be really grateful for what we have and even what we want if we go there in our mind and we really think about it. Um, I think that's definitely the way to get the most confidence because you feel great. When you feel great, you're just confident and people feel mm. it. You, you ooze it. You ooze it naturally. Yeah, confidence is self-trust and, uh, and you trust yourself the most when you appreciate yourself and you appreciate what you have and you love yourself and it's all part of it. So it definitely changed my life because – I think um, to create what you want in life, number one, you got to see it. And then number two, you got to act on it. But you're not going to act on it unless you absolutely believe it. And the only way you can believe it is by sitting there and closing your eyes. And I give thanks for what I, for what I want. Like I, you, know, you said, there's structures like the, out, the inner, the outer, and then the want. And I created that system, I guess, when I first started writing because I found you know, people like you got to wake up and you got to write a gratitude list and you have to be appreciative of everything. But it becomes, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but it sort of becomes a bit mundane as well. It can be a little bit like a chore mm. in the end. Like you're waking up and going, I appreciate this and I appreciate that, but you're not feeling it. Yes. And yes. you're not, you're not really, yeah, you're not really there and your mind's going to your bed. I'm so grateful for being, having a bed to sleep in to my, you know, my nephew's being so kind to me or me being so kind. That was like, whatever it is, you're going from all these different things. And I don't think you can ever really feel um, 
feel exactly, you know, what you're appreciating. So if you have that system and you think to yourself, well, what are the inner things that I appreciate about myself? And uh, like, I've got to go back to this book too. I haven't read it. I haven't actually read Who Says You Can't You Do in, in a Long Time. <laughs> you, you, you actually, you make It's really it, good. I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. And no, I remember saying like, you know, when you, when you say to yourself, I'm a loving person, I, this is what I want you to write down. I'm a loving person. And even if you don't believe it just yet, just write it down. You know, I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. I'm generous. I'm, you know, I'm confident. I'm this and that. And uh, like I said, sometimes when you're reading these things back to yourself, you, your mind's going to tell you why you aren't that person. Mm. And our mind has this, uh, we don't know why, no one knows why, but it's almost geared towards negativity. You have to command it to be different. Um, and I think that's why few people get through the cracks and actually achieve what they want because you do have to watch your thoughts. You do have to control them. So in that moment, um, if, I don't know if you remember, but I asked people to like remind themselves as to when they were that person. Or when were you a loving person? I don't care if it's been once in the last month. Think about it. Remember how it made you feel. That's who you truly are. That's your essence. Because I believe, you know, our essence at the core of everything is love. And we're always just trying to go back yeah. to that. It's like we're always trying to go back home. Gosh, that's so beautiful. Whether you believe in God or whether you don't, or you call it energy, or you call it love, or like whatever it is, it's, it, that's, I feel like the, it's in every religious text and every philosophical text throughout history. It's, we're going back to this source. You know, and the source is love. And that's when you think about that and you feel that within yourself, everything's going to change for you. Everything, everything. If you if you can feel that things will come into your life, then they're not going to just pop up straight away, but you will notice a massive difference because you change the way you feel and you change the outcomes you get in your life. That's definitely how it's changed me. It just changed the way I felt. So the inner and then you go through all those things and when, you know, when was I uh, appreciative? And you remember when you're appreciative and when was I generous? And you remember the last time you gave something to someone and it made you feel good. Even if you let someone through in the car, don't, don't take those things for granted. You know, when you let someone through in your lane and sometimes people get angry because they didn't, the person didn't wave back. Oh, they didn't, they didn't wave back. They didn't say thank you back. It's like, do you, do you just give to receive? I know it seems so small, but why didn't you just let that person in without any expectation of, of getting anything back? Just give, you did it feel good about it. Mm feel good about what you did. Mm. That's these little things. And that's something that I realized in my life. And I remember I just, when I first started waking up, I didn't even have these grand visions for my life. Like I said, I was just writing. I didn't even know I wanted to write a book. And when I was going through these motions, I remember I would like, you know, have something in my hand, like a banana peel or something. And I would be like, you know, back, back when I was young, I'd be like, oh, I could just throw that in the bush. You know, that's going to, that, and, and maybe that's not too bad. You know, people get pips or whatever. And, but, but I was just like, you know what? No, there's a bin just right there. I'm just going to go throw it in the bin. Yeah. And I felt good about it. Or I'm just going to, or like, you know, I see this person on the street that like might need help or whatever. And like, there was, I started to, I started to follow my truth a little bit more. I was more aware of um, who I was as a person. And in that moment, because I think that there's always things we can, there's decisions we can make in every single moment of our life. Um. And I'm not saying, you know, to, to go out there and just like help every single person. You've got to look after yourself first. I know that. And then you can bring that on to other people. But even in just everyday life, you know, if you can do something here and there or you do feel something, 
it's following that gut feeling. And the more you do that, the more you build this relationship with yourself because you're following things that your truth is actually telling you to do in every single moment. And people ask that too. They're like, what, what is my truth? Well, what is the truth? What is the, you know, and that's a really hard sort of thing to, to answer to people. And I just say, uh, there's truth in every moment. So you just have to tune even, in and be aware. Yeah, exactly. Even, even your thoughts, even when you're thinking things like, hold on, what, what, what's, I want to go to what I feel is more true. What, and I, like I said, to me, it always goes back to love and, and something that's greater for your life. And that's what keeps us going. Actually, Oprah says, uh, happiness is looking forward to something. And, um, that's part of it. I believe it is. It's those visions in the Bible would say, and I'm, I'm not actually a religious person, but I do re- read re- different religious texts sometimes. Um, and the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And I, and I find that I go back to those visions. Like when my thoughts are trying to bring me down or, and you've got to be aware of them and you're like, hold on, how, what I'm thinking about now, how is that getting me to where I want to get to? Mm. Ultimately what I want for my life, how are my thoughts right now? And what I'm thinking about, how is that getting me there? And a lot of the time you realize that it's not. And it's these little moments when you change your thought of dire- your uh, direction of thought um, that everything starts to change within yourself and you feel different and you feel more confident, you feel more trusting and you feel more loving. And it's a never ending cycle. We have to keep doing it, but your thoughts are going to um, eventually take over if they already haven't, but you can always break it. Like I say to people, I went 23 years with being unaware of my thoughts and I literally changed it within a few months. Gosh, that was fast. Well, you, well, you can, I'm saying you can change your mindset when you really delve into things and you monitor your thoughts and you, you start to see positive things start coming into your life. You start seeing opportunities come into your life that weren't there. Maybe they were there. You just didn't notice them. And that's another thing as well. Yeah. The positive frequencies, they're so much stronger. We, we don't think they're stronger than the negative ones, but if you just allow them and you force them and you command them, they are, they are, they will overpower the negative stuff. You're listening to Claiming Your Confidence with me, Katrina Blowers, and author Daniel Chidiak. Stay with us because Daniel is about to share why he wrote what's being called the Bible of Modern Breakups. I love the story that you tell in the book about how, you know, you initially um, pitched it to a few editors and they were saying to you that you should just give up and then you went home, you, you let it get to you, but then when you went home, you, you write, something changed. My intention was pure. I didn't want to release a book so I could have some credentials and say I'm an author. My book was my awakening. It was my soul's message. And now you've gone on to, you know, publish in multiple countries. It's a huge smash. You've written your second one. It's just that never giving up. And for you, knowing that inner knowing that this was something that you were meant to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, when I started, when I was waking up, and I say waking up because I believe that's what happens, where I feel like we're asleep for so long. And I think the system has a great way of doing that to us as well. Um, you know, like how, how often even in schools as we're growing up, do they teach us about our power? How often do they teach us of our ability to create our own life and how much power our thoughts have and to watch our thoughts and to really focus in on our emotions? 
we don't really get that. I hope they do these days. I haven't really looked into the curriculum, but I really hope it does go that way. I know there are a lot of schools that are doing that, but um, yeah, so for me, I sort of came to this realization at 23 and I was going through these motions and I started writing and I felt like I was never a writer. So it was pouring through me. I felt like it was my calling. And uh, yeah, I remember a year later, I just, I had this light bulb moment. I was on my bed. I was sort of like in a meditative state, I guess. Um, but I was just, I just had this amazing feeling coming over me. I, I felt so home within myself. I felt so grateful for everything. And mind you, I still didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I was, I can't even remember. I think it was a, a PT at that time. There's so many different jobs I've had, a personal trainer. I've, I've had like, I don't even know, 20 different jobs. Um, I just tried everything. And I remember sitting on my bed and I was like, I'd been writing for a year and I had all this, these exercise books written out, probably like 10 of them. I've just random scribble, unedited. I don't even know what. I would wake up at four in the morning and have to write because these, my mind would be like, just shut up because I had to wake up like seven in the morning for PT or six in the morning. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. I probably, well, I probably wow. did go crazy. I don't know. But I was, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, because I could see my thoughts so vividly. They were so, it was like, I don't even know. Yeah, it was like um, I had split personality and someone was talking what a, to me. What a gift though. What a gift. Yeah, it, it was a bit nuts, I must say. It was driving me a bit crazy, but. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely positive in the end. And, uh, yeah, but it would annoy me sometimes. Like that's why people are like, Oh, you know, it's so beautiful. It's such a great, it wasn't a dream. Sometimes it was a nightmare. It still is. Sometimes it's tough. It's hard to, to do this and to command your mind. It's a, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't recommend just letting it take over your life and letting these negative thoughts and emotions take over because that can't be easier. No, that can't be easier. They say ignorance is bliss, maybe in some things, but in other things, I don't think it is because I remember before I, I knew my own power and before I knew how much control I had over my thoughts and over my emotions and how that could shift my life, I felt so lost and I was, you know, I had very toxic emotions in me. So just about myself and the way I viewed myself, I'd look up to other people and, you know, say, oh, how do they do that? And how do they do that? And it would, that would be a trigger to me. For, for me to be sad about myself because I'm not there. And uh, that's another thing, you know, I think that in this day and age, more so we compare ourselves with people on Instagram and, and all this stuff. You got to switch the noise off. You got to turn down the noise. You need to switch off all those distractions. It's okay to have it and to do your thing, but don't go, don't go looking through newsfeed and scrolling. If it's not making you feel good, um, it doesn't mean you're jealous if you're not looking. It doesn't mean anything like that. You're just looking out for yourself because one thing that you see could change your thought of direction and change your emotion. It happens to me. I've, there's been times where I've had to shut it all out and I've just I've gone on a mass unfollowing of people and things because I'm, I don't need to know. You're not showing me your whole life story. I don't. No one shows their whole life story. No one shows the failures. No one shows the, the things that are really happening day to day. So I'm not going to let my mind trick me into believing that this is reality because that's not reality. And, um, you know, it can affect your confidence and it can affect everything. So, you know, um, yeah, I probably went off point there, but I tend to no, do that. No, you're going to you're gonna have, to, because... you're gonna have to put up with me with that. <laughs> oh, and, and I'm loving it. But you really, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's about tapping into your personal power also takes self-discipline, doesn't it? It's not something that you, it's a one and done. You have to work on this stuff every day and you have to 
catch yourself all the time. For sure, for sure. You can go down those rabbit holes. For sure. There is an easier way though. And um, the easier way is to set up these visions within yourself. And when you can visualize it and you sit there and you give yourself however long a day, even throughout your day to go back and like I said, redirect your thoughts back to having that feeling, it does make it easier. And the reason is because the more you think about it within your mind, the more you feel it, the more real it becomes. If you're going to constantly go somewhere in your mind and you're going to put yourself in that situation and you're going to feel the emotions that you would feel if you were there, you are going to work for it more because it's going to be more believable to you. And that's when people say, believe in yourself. How do you believe in yourself? I don't, I can't believe in myself. I've, you know, I've done all this stuff and I've failed and I've got no ability. And, uh, you've got to go back to your mind. Even I was watching a documentary with Tiger Woods and regardless of what you think about the guy in his personal life or whatever, he's the greatest at what he's ever done. So just from an achievement perspective, when he, um, when he was wanted to win like all his masters, he had a mind coach and they would literally make him lay down on the floor and visualize hitting a perfect, uh, whatever it is, drive and parts and stuff like that. They'd make him do it like 10,000 times, a thousand times for that shot in his mind. He would not move. And he would just think about hitting perfect shots in his mind. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's what people, if you want to get there, you've got to get there in your mind first. His dad would do mental training with him. His dad was in the army. He would like blow horns in his ears. He would put logs in front of his face. He would like, you know, brush his ears with feathers when he's going for a shot. And he would always flinch and he would always, you know, scream at his dad. And then the more his dad did this and did this, and once he didn't move, his dad tried to distract him and he was taking a shot. And uh, he didn't move. And his dad said, now you're going to be the best in the world. Now you're ready to be the best in the world. Gosh, what a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, yeah, this, you can watch it. It's called Tiger. It's a documentary. So, you know, we think that these people just have this ability. and But it's in the mind. And you've got to go there in the mind. And you, you start to love it more. The more you see things, the more you can put yourself in this situation, um, the more you, you love it. And the more you feel it and it becomes just like you want to work and you want to get to it because you want that feeling and you want it to come into the physical realm because it's been in, in your mental for so long. And it's almost like this, I don't know, it's, it's the mystery of life, I guess. And no one can really explain it, how when your consciousness just constantly goes to these, these things and you focus in on them, how they almost come to you. It's like a magnet. They come to you and you come to them in this sort of spatial realm and then you're just there and you're experiencing it and you're feeling it. And people actually do it in their life. They do it when they want to go on a holiday. It's the same thing. You're not there. That's you start to true. feel the emotion. You start to feel the emotions like you're there. You start to imagine yourself on the beach. You start to imagine what the hotel room will look like or whatever. And it might look a little bit different when you get there. You're like, oh, this is a little bit, but you're still there. There are little things yeah. that are a bit different, but you're actually there. And where were you before you were there? Like before you were in that room, where were you? Where was huh. it? Where, where was it in existence? It wasn't. It, and I, I know this might sound like airy fairy stuff. Maybe like this guy's, you know, these guys living in a bloody fairy tale here. But how do you think people? <laughs> how do you, how do, yeah, because that's what happens. But how do you think people achieve? Go read up on it. Don't like don't yeah. take my word for it. Go 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 look up on how people can actually do these things in their life and build that confidence. And they go there in their mind. It's it's all in the mind. It's all no, vision. I agree. And it's funny because one of my other guests is a former SAS commander and he talked about how they would use 
uh, the tool of visualisation in battle to prepare for worst-case scenarios so that they would always know exactly what to do because when you're in a battle situation, you know, a couple of seconds where you're trying to figure out your next move could mean the difference between life and death. So they would visualise every possible outcome and then it would become, you know, they just go on autopilot in the moment and now he teaches those same techniques to CEOs and leaders. So I don't yeah. think it's airy-fairy at all, but I never heard yeah. that um, analogy with the holiday and you are so right. We visualise all the time without even realising it for, for everyday things like that. And how do you feel? How do you feel when you're leading up to a holiday? Nothing matters. It's like your boss could be screaming at you, you're going on a holiday next week. You couldn't care less. Someone bumps you in the street. You're like, you, you're on this, you've got this buzz about you, this energy that's like, it, the closer you get to it, it's just because uh, you, you, you're brewing it up in your mind more. It's becoming more real. So you just like, you just got this excitement about you, you know? So, and I, that's what I found when I, when I was young and that would happen to me a lot. Um, and yeah, it really made me think. Yeah, you can do that with your life. You can set up things in your mind. You write them down. What do you want? And and not not like, what do you want? And I may not get it. Don't think about that. What do you want? Mm. What do you ultimately want? And that's um, you know, a really important question. I find my I find my I find myself asking that question a lot. And I was even talking to my brother. He's quite successful in his business, and we we talk a lot about that. And just like going back towards, you know, what do I ultimately want? Because a lot of the times we think about the obstacles um, and we rarely go back to the outcome that we desire. A lot of people, they focus on the obstacles. And I've found that it's a really, it's a really small shift in mindset. But if you're going to keep focusing on the obstacles, that's what you're going to keep getting. When you focus on the outcome, the obstacles just feel like, little speed bumps, you know, that you'll get, I'll get through it because I'm keep staying focused on the outcome I desire. Like I remember when I was writing my book, for example, um, I can really only talk about my achievements because I'm not one of those people that are going to talk about making $3 billion and I haven't made $3 billion yet, you know? So I could, <laughs> I could, I could talk about my book and, and even just from that, which, you know, was an achievement from, for me on a personal level. I remember when I had written one page when I first decided, which I said I was laying on my bed a year later and I said, I want to, I, I know what I'm here to do. And it just came to me like, I'm going to write a book. And I remember ringing up my brother and we started another business within that time. And he's like, yeah, no worries, man. That's cool. You know, but you, you better get to work. <laughs> Come to the office tomorrow. People thought I was crazy. I'm going to write this book and it's going to be a bestseller. I was telling people that. They thought I was nuts. Daniel, you're not a writer. Who's going to listen to you? You've got no qualifications. What do you, I'm like, I'm just writing. What do I, for artists, the artists, the writers need to have a qualification. But these are all limitations in other people's minds. They don't understand. They're not going to understand what you feel and what you want. And um, I remember I'd written one page and I was sitting in my bedroom. I was like, all right, now I said I'm going to write a book. And it all just came over me. And it came over me so many times where I was like, oh, crap. What am I going to do? You know, I've written all this. Thing. I've got all this writing everywhere. I don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to produce it. I don't, even, if, even if I wrote the whole thing, like, how do I structure it? How do I get it edited? How do I come up with a front cover? What's the pro- I did not know anything about the industry whatsoever. All I would do, and in those moments when everything felt like it was crashing on me and I was so overwhelmed, I would literally go and sit on my floor. I would close my eyes and I would just think about holding that book in my hand. Oh, wow. I would hold it. I would, I would visualize holding that book in my hand. I would visualize it being on shelves around the world, people coming up to me and telling me how much it helped them. 
uh, I came up, I just would visualize all these things and it would become so real. Sometimes I didn't do work for the rest of the day, but I would just, I would have this feeling inside of me and I would force that feeling of making it so real. And what happens? Something changes. Something comes up. You're searching the net and something, boom, come, you know, it's just like these, these, the outer world responds to you feeling these things and thinking them and, you know, create a book cover here or, you know, and I would search things, but they just, yeah, these things just appear and it's like the universe or God or whoever you, you know, believe in or what you believe in just opens up these doors and makes you notice things more and see things. And yeah, it becomes like the snowball effect. Oh, that's such a good story. I love it. Yeah, I would do it even if I was driving in the car. I'd pull over. If I was having these emotions, like I was doubting myself a lot, I still do it today. I'll pull over and just just go back to those thoughts. What do I want? What do I want? Okay, think about it. Put yourself there. Go there in your mind. And I would feel the emotions, even if it was for 30 seconds, and I would fill my heart up with love, and I would think about it, and then bang, I go on my day. And I do that all the time. And nearly every successful person that I know um, does that as well i don't think i've met anyone that doesn't do that that that's like a great achiever or any story that i've ever read and people that i met even when i was in new york and i met this guy who was worth like and you know money is just a thing obviously it doesn't make you happy and achievement is, is on all different levels but from a financial point of view this guy was worth like 400 million dollars he had this massive marketing company in america and he said the same thing it's all in the mind he said to me it's all in the mind you're always with your mind so it's all in the mind I would love to talk to you about your book, The Modern Breakup. The thing that um, really jumped out at me when I started to read it was, wow, you are a brave guy because the protagonist, Amelia, is a woman and you really (laughs) nailed that. You got into a woman's head. How did you do that? Thank you. Um, It's really, that's really hard to answer. It, I feel like to a certain degree, men and women aren't that different in the way we feel um, and people might crucify me for that. But I, I really do think that we are so similar in so many ways. I think men just don't express it as much, but we definitely talk about it to our mates. So I would say that some of the things Amelia felt, I've felt, and I know that most men that I know have felt. Um, so I wouldn't say that it was that alien to me, but other ways I feel like when you're writing, if you are a writer and I feel like I've become more of a writer, um, when you're writing creatively, you, these characters evolve and you can actually put yourself into character. And it's this weird thing. Like, as you know, Amelia is the protagonist and she's a, a young girl. We're assuming she's in her 20s. I've never actually come up with an age for her, which people have asked. But, but some, not many people have asked. And that was my intention. It was like, I wanted to give off this assumption that she could be at, at all different ages. But then there's the mum, you know, and as you can see, I'm, I'm the mum and, and I'm Zara and I'm also Nick and Jordan. So like, I feel like they're all parts of me and I feel like they're all parts of all of us. Like, I don't know, did you find yourself connecting with something Nick was saying? Yeah, and especially I thought the mum, I love the mum's character. I yeah, thought she yeah. came up with the best wisdom bombs. Yeah, so like, you know, when, you, when you're in a room of, 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 when you're in your mind and you're in a room where you're, there's all these different characters, like there was a scene where Rachel was talking um, with her boyfriend and then there was Amelia there, like Paul, remember Paul? So there was in the kitchen and they're talking and then like with the acting, I remember because I was in an acting course, you've got to be your character. It's good to know the other characters, but you've got to master your character. But a weird thing with writing is that when you're writing creatively, you need to be all these characters within a minute. You're changing characters. So it's a strange thing where, you know, I don't know, you just got to tap into these different people, 
inside you. Why did you write the book? Like, did you think that there was nothing out there that really addressed what breaking up is like in this modern world with the technology that we have now and dating apps and Mm. all that kind of stuff? Um, I felt that a lot of things that I had come across were really sugar-coated. And that's not to bag anyone else's work, but I feel like they were giving people what they wanted to read. And I, I sort of couldn't do that. I had to be real. I had to be raw. I just wanted to let it out. It, it was, it was like, it was a bit scary as well because I've obviously written a diff, very different kind of book. And to put some of the things that I put in the modern breakup, they were like really in your face. So, you know, it was tough. But, um, but yeah, I did write the book because I felt there were things I wanted to say about that. And I, you know, there were times I just wanted to laugh. There were things, funny things that happened in my life in dating and things that I saw with other people when they were dating and stuff that I was like, you know, this is happening to everyone. And this is such a common thing. And we all go through something really similar when, you know, we go through heartbreak or when things don't work out. And I feel like that's why Amelia, the, um, this probably won't wreck the story, but she, she wasn't dating the guy for very long. And I think that happens more times now than long-term relationships breaking up because everyone is dating so much and we are giving our energy to so many people and we're taking so much energy on. You go on these dating apps and stuff and I'm not on them at the moment, but there was people like, you know, that I know and they're speaking to like 30 people at one time. You know, all these people are matching. That's too much. It's too much. I know, but like, how do you, like, you know, and that's why I got off them actually. I was on the years ago and and, uh, I was like, no, I can't do this. It's just too much. It's just too much energy and there's too much going on and are you really getting to know one particular person? And I find that these things, you know, they can mess with your confidence as well and your security, your sense of security with yourself. Your, your insecurities come up because it's just a numbers game. Like you're, you're bound to meet people that are going to put you down or make you feel like crap or there's other people going to make you feel good. That's right, but it's, it's so uncertain. And anyway, all these things were going on. I was like, i got to capture this and this like needs to be written. It, uh, when I was speaking with Penguin, who published my book after I'd self-published, they published Who Says You Can't You Do, they wanted me to write another book like that when i told them about the modern breakup they're like oh amazing that's another great self-help book and i'm like no i'm writing it as as fiction it's going to have characters and um yeah i'm not sure they were too happy about that well you know (laughs) it is it is what it is and i um you know i did it myself after that so you got to stay true to yourself and uh it always it always came out of me that way and one of the quotes that I loved in there, and, and you, you mentioned about Amelia not dating her, um, not being in that relationship that she's recovering from in the story for very long. Um, I, I also wanted to say that I loved that you didn't have any judgment of that. Like it, her feelings were still valid. And this is the beautiful quote from the book that I wanted to share. Getting your heart broken is one of the most painful things in life. It's your sense of direction changing. It's your future being smashed into a million pieces. Gosh, I love that. I've never heard it being described as succinctly as that before. Yeah, yeah, I wrote that a while ago. Um, and, yeah, I really, I really felt her at that time. I really tapped into her, and it's strange that I, I, I felt very vulnerable when I was writing her character. I was extremely vulnerable um, when she was going through that even like with the mum was writing it and stuff like that, it was sort of coming through her in a way because obviously, you know, parents feel their children's pain as well from what I've, from what I know from my parents and what they tell me. So, 
you know, even when the mum was writing these things and she's reflecting and she's writing all these like sort of paragraphs, it was coming through, you know, Amelia's pain. So, yeah, I mean, I guess these things just come out of me yeah. when, when I feel. And I try to write exactly how I feel at that time. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I, I love the book and um, I think, you know, people keep sharing parts of it on social media and it's really resonating. So, yeah, much appreciation for that. Now, I've taken up a huge amount of your time, so I'm going to throw some rapid-fire questions at you. Yeah. Um, what would be your number one confidence tip if someone was to come to you asking you for a, for a life hack? Um, gratitude. For sure, mm. for sure. When I'm not grateful for things that I have in my life, I'm all over the place. I forget what's important. When you when you know what's important and you and you're content with that, uh, I wrote something a long time ago. I said someone shouldn't be dwelling over things that they don't have. You should be appreciative of what you have already while being in pursuit of what you want. And it's really mm. a strange thing where it's like I don't have that compared to I want it. I don't have it and I want it are two very different things. Like we look at other people and we compare ourselves because we don't have it and it makes us feel like crap and it affects our confidence where if you're appreciative of what you have now and you focus on what you want, it's really, really different and it's going to make you feel different and it's definitely going to make you feel more confident for sure because you love yourself more. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing it's all, that. It's gratitude. It's all gratitude. Gratitude. Now I can tell I can tell with both of your books that you are very widely read, but I'd love to know is there a particular book that you've read that's helped you on your way in your confidence journey? Uh, probably didn't read anything specifically for confidence, but I remember something a book that really made me feel on different levels, and that is a book called The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Oh yes. I love that. Yeah, I love that book. And there's also Another one which I read, which was the oldest Buddhist text ever written. Um, it's called the Dhammapada. Oh. There's a, there's a, uh, yeah, there's a translation by Valerie Robeck. If you want to write that down, it's it's a Penguin edition, I think, the book. Um, that was amazing, and it really, it just goes. This is like a three thousand year old text, and it's so relatable. Wow! And it just makes you just realize, like, okay. These people were writing about this stuff 3,000 years ago and we're still experiencing it today. Yeah, it talks about like the mind, like when the mind is not controlled, you know, um, things will happen in your life and like other, like when you, when you control your thoughts and you go back to positive things and love, that great things will start happening in your life. Like this, it's just really strange to read a 3,000-year-old text that can be so relative to your, your life right now. That always blows my mind. You know, we've been talking as humans about the same things for thousands of years and we've been trying to pass, you know, one of us will have cracked the code and then we try and pass that wisdom on through the generations and then the next generation will forget. And oh, it's just a constant um, process, isn't it, of forgetting and remembering? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like even in everyday life, we, we, we forget things, you know, like I even like wanting and, and needing, you know, I need to do that. But sometimes that makes us feel like crap. I need to work. I need to go to this job. I need to, I need to wash the dishes right now. I need to. And there's like this thing where I have to, I have to do something. Sorry. Like, you know, it's like, it's almost like a chore, but if you look at why you're doing things in your life, there actually becomes a bit more passion involved. 
it's like I, I am washing the dishes because I don't want to live in filth. I want to live. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to live a clean life. What am I going to do? Let the dishes. It makes you feel better. Like I'm a clean person. I. I. You know. I. I don't have to go to work. I have an option. I can sleep on the street. <laughs> yeah. Know, I, yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's true. Like, what are you gaining from it? What are you gaining from working? What are you achieving? Like, uh, you don't have to go to work. No one's got a gun to your head and saying, "Go to work. Go to work." You don't have to go to that job. You can just stay at home and do nothing. Appreciate what you're what you're doing while you're doing it and see the positives in it. And that's going to take you to the next level. That's going to help you achieve what you want to do next and what you want to gain next. What do you do for pure joy? Something that has no outcome attached to it. I love tennis and diving. I love free diving and I'm just starting to learn. I snorkel more. So this week I'm actually going to buy a wetsuit and uh, yeah, some proper fins because one of my fins broke. Um, so snorkeling and diving and stuff like that. Oh, how amazing. I love, I go scuba diving and I just love it because under the water, it's a whole different world and it blows my mind that all of that stuff that's happening underwater, you know, all those animals are just oblivious to what's above the surface and we're oblivious to their world usually until you're in it. And it's, yeah, it's like being transported to a different realm. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. What are you doing now? What are you working on right now? Right now, I am still marketing the modern breakup. So that's that's my main thing at the moment. We're still getting it out there. It's doing really great. I think we just we just clocked over three thousand reviews on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, a few days ago. So that's another thing that I visualized constantly. I'd see people when that had thousands of reviews on Amazon, and I was like, oh, one day, one day, and. Um, yeah, I would just sit there and think about me clicking on my laptop and there being thousands of reviews on my book and now we're here. So it does work. It does work. <laughs> so that good. It does work. And, and Daniel, finally, what's next for you personally in your own confidence journey to get to you to where you next want to be in your life? Um, I'm going to say on a really micro level, which is just me going back to basics within myself because sometimes I forget that. Like I said before, and that's why I think I've been so big on it. I haven't actually spoken to anyone about that sort of stuff for a while. Um, but the basics of watching my thoughts, not letting my negative emotions come over me, reminding myself of who thinks for me, who feels for me, who acts for me, it's all me. Like no one thinks my thoughts, no one feels my emotions. I feel it within myself. That means I can change it. So yeah, it's getting back to basics and making those micro changes throughout my day and to remember that and to monitor that so good well thank you for sharing your time with me today and i've loved our conversation so much and i've loved getting to know the person behind those two books which i just ripped through i couldn't put them down so thank you again daniel no worries at all thank you so much for having me Stay connected by following Claiming Your Confidence or me, Katrina Blowers, on Instagram. For more information on this or other episodes, head to katrinablowers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and make sure you share it with anyone you think would benefit from a confidence pick-me-up. Claiming Your Confidence is created and produced by me, Katrina Blowers. Audio thanks to Term 6 Podcast Productions. I hope you're having a great week. Thank you for listening. 
to claiming your confidence.